And we are recording on Wednesday, September 7th, 2022 at 5.17 p.m. Eastern Time, episode 902 with Mr. Curtis Cost, who I've been mostly, if not entirely, my fault. I've had to reschedule several times with you. Mm-hmm. And despite internet connections, we've got it done. And uh, if you're wondering why I'm wearing this uh, stupid fluorescent jacket, it's a uh, my air conditioner is actually going a bit too strong right now, which I know is probably blasphemous, seeing as how most people are having to turn theirs off. But uh, instead of waiting for it to heat back up to do this podcast, I just threw on a jacket, and that's why I have this stupid hunting jacket on. But aside from that, Mr. Cost, please introduce yourself, my man. Sure. My name is uh, Curtis Cost. I'm an author, uh, several books, and most notably my book entitled Vaccines Are Dangerous a warning to the global community. And uh, the first edition of my book came out in 1991. So I literally have been out there warning people about the dangers of vaccines, doing lectures, interviews, organizing forums and demonstrations. And uh, I've worked with Al Sharpton. I work with Bobby Kennedy now. And uh, so I've been doing my part to wake people up about the dangers of these vaccines. And now the whole issue of the quarantine camps that uh, here in New York, the governor, Kathy Hochul, wants to uh, impose. Uh, fortunately, we had a, a conscientious lawyer here in New York by Bobby. the name of Bobby Ann Cox, right? And uh, she took them on. She's 25 years experience as a lawyer. Most of that time has been spent suing the government. So she was ideal to uh, take this thing on. And she took it on at a time where all the lawyers I spoke with so they can't do anything. They have to wait until harm is done. That is, they actually open up the quarantine camp and people are injured by it and so forth. But she, you know, used a little creativity and uh, got around that and won. I mean, won in the Supreme New York Supreme Court. And um, only thing is, the governor has vowed to uh, appeal it, along with her uh, attorney general, who would actually do the dirty work. Um, they're planning on appealing it, and they have... I don't know, about four months still to go before they actually need to f- officially file it, which means they can wait until after the November elections to file, to um, appeal the quarantine decision that the Supreme Court ruled against. So they may not want too much publicity on this uh, issue because it's embarrassing. They can't defend it in any kind of uh, public debate. Uh, so the thing I want to do and many others want to do is expose this as hard as we can to the public to let them know um, these people want to be able to start throwing New Yorkers into quarantine camps. And if they succeed in New York, they're going to uh, expand. It's going to reach uh, Connecticut, New Jersey, and stretch across the country. So it's critical that New Yorkers wake up and uh, think about these issues, especially when they go to the voting booths in November, because both the Governor Hoku and uh, Letitia James are running for election. And so uh, people need to be mindful uh, of these issues. For the listeners who uh, might not be aware of it, you could always go back and find the episode that I had on with uh, Miss Bobby Ann Cox about these. But Mr. Cost, could you maybe shed some light on uh, the quarantine camps in New York State and uh, for people that haven't heard of them or don't know as much about them? Well, basically, the the governor did something that was uh, a violation of the constitution in violation of New York state law. Um, the only one who can make laws is the legislative branch 
of the government here in New York State. And um, she could not get this type of legislation through the legislature because they don't want it. They've, they've had similar legislation and they did not want it. And so what she did was she went around the legislative process and introduced this as a regulation. And uh, by doing that, I mean, there was much she needed to do after she uh, presented it. Uh, there's a, a committee that's totally under her control and they approve it. And then it effectively becomes a law. But that's not the role of the executive branch, which is what is the branch of government that uh, Kathy Hochul is. And she's like the equivalent of the president. The president doesn't make laws, but he can influence laws. Uh, and basically her real job is to enforce laws. So by putting this regulation in place, she basically gave herself the ability to make a law. And that's um, illegal. That's why the Supreme Court shot it down. Now, what makes this quarantine camp thing so bad? Basically, the wording in it says that they could pick up anybody uh, anytime and throw them into one of these quarantine camp facilities or confine them to their home um, based on an accusation. That's it. I mean, they don't need any proof. And you don't, once you're taken into a quarantine camp, you don't have the right to uh, go before a court. So there's no jury decision. There's no judge decision. Um, basically said you, you, you have your potential health threat. I mean, you might have a communicable disease or whatever, or, or just a threat politically, which I think is the biggest issue. And they don't have to prove anything. You have no rights and they can keep you for as long as they want. And there are no age restrictions. So they could knock on your door at midnight and take your kids away from you or your wife or, or the husband. Uh, it's atrocious. And if anybody wants to get an idea of just how bad things can get, all you got to do is look at the situation in China, Australia, and other places. Look up quarantine camps on YouTube or BitChute, and you see the horrific conditions uh, that, that these people are living in, little tiny cubicles uh, with nothing more than a wooden bed, a toilet, and a sink. And uh, they have no rights. And on top of that, they are forced to eat whatever they're given, not like they can order out to McDonald's, uh, which is not healthy. That's a bad thing, too, uh, um, in my opinion. Um, yeah, but it's, but, so, uh, <laughs> so, it's so tasty. It's, yeah. It's, uh, dude, I'll, I'll throw give my own personal uh, opinion. I'm a, I'll throw it, back five McChickens without blinking. Yeah. <laughs> in any event, um, well, you can't order out. So you have to eat whatever they give you. God knows what might be in there. You have to take whatever test they're going to uh, – uh, want to give you because uh, you want to get out. So you got to do whatever they tell you and you'll be forced to take whatever drugs or vaccines. All right, let me put it this way. There's nothing in the language saying they can't force you to do those things. So in the, in the actual wording, there's nothing says, you know, you can't force a person uh, to take a vaccine or a test or threaten them that they won't be able to leave unless they do it. But there's nothing there to stop them. Um, so it's a very scary thing. And that's what they were talking about the impact um, on the person's personal life. I mean, if you're taken away for weeks or months, well, how are you going to pay your bills? Or if you're self-employed, how are you going to run your business if you're not there? Uh, I, I mean, it could be very, very disruptive to a family. You could be fired. Who knows? Uh, to my knowledge, there's nothing in there saying that an employer can't fire you uh, if you're away too long. So this is bad all around. It's totally illegal. And it's horrific, and um, we can't allow this to happen because they do this.
I mean, everybody's going to be afraid to say anything at that point because you'd be afraid that somebody's going to knock on your door and take you away. You're sick. Right. So if you're, yeah, you're sick. Well, no, I'm fine. No, no, we said you're sick and that's it. You're going with us. Oh, no, you're sick. The state knows best. And me and these 10 guys with uh, M16 (laughs) and an armored truck say you're sick. It's, well, I mean, really what this is, is we're just talking about another another form of prison right i mean what is well, what is yeah. inca- what is incarceration right you, you yeah, absolutely right you can't work at your job you're not present for your children uh your mm-hmm. spouse isn't there with you you lose your standing in society and you've given up all of your you no, know, haven't given up you've you've had removed all of your individual rights what you're doing what you're reading when you're eating what you're eating where you're eating this is another form of of prison but it's but it's evolved it is a you know, you look at a shark. A shark doesn't look cuddly. There's no, there's no reservations about a shark. You don't look at it and go, maybe you look at a shark and it looks like <laughs> that. It's got black eyes. It's just got scary fins and it just stares at you. you there's no reservations, right? Mm-hmm. But like, uh, like an angler fish in like the depths of the ocean, it's got that little light on their head, right? right. And it's mm-hmm. like in Finding Nemo, they see the light. Like, oh, I feel warm. I feel soft. <laughs> that is an evolution. That is an evolution of instead of, you know, looking like a shark, you look like a warm, soft candle. Yeah. And then you still get eaten. So it's the same thing. You have you have prison, which is it's prison. You know, if you ever drive by a prison, you can't help but stare at it. You're like, oh, my God, look, there's a jail. But this is different. This is for your health. This is for the health of others. We're making mm-hmm. sure that this doesn't spread out to the rest of the country. But there's not an instance all of human history where this doesn't go unabused it will go instantly there won't even be a delay it will be abused you're sick it's for that this is for the health of others and once once you shift the overton window and make it acceptable then it's then it's over you know, people would say oh it's a slippery slope no we've already slid down the slope it's over it's just a matter of time until that until the the completion of it sinks into the public consciousness it's once you start banning people you start with you start with a highly controversial figure right you get an alex jones say he's questioning a school shooting which although disgusting nonetheless we then normalized the banning of someone the removal from youtube instagram facebook reddit twitter snapchat itunes his payment processors were voided Again, I'm not defending what he said. I think it's gross. But we normalized a, a 1984-esque uh, disappearing of someone and then happened with Milo Yiannopoulos, who I don't know anything about. I'm not defending him. And then it happened with President Trump, and I know that he, there is no more of a polarizing figure than him. And then, well, then I got permanently banned last summer for interviewing Dr. McCullough and Dr. Malone. We have shifted the window of acceptance to... Uh, I disagree with what you say, but I'll fight to the death for your right to say it to, well, he had to go to the next had to go. And now we're no longer debating whether or not now we're debating, should he be canceled or should he not be canceled? The, 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 but the debate ended with, we deemed that cancellation is, is on the table and the rest of it's just, is just window dressing. So if we move towards this idea of, Let's call it what it is. It's state-run concentration camps. It will not no longer be, well, is it only for COVID or is it also for monkeypox? Or how long were you ill? 
or what's your what's the R not factor? How virulent are you? But we've already lost. It's already over. The fact that it's on the table at all for you to be involuntarily committed. The game is over. There is no resistance to that. And it is just one more stepping stone to total tyranny. And it's so absurd that it is not... Maybe it is more commonly talked about, but the censorship machine is so strong. But it has to stop. And to, to end my own rambling and go back to what you said earlier, you think that the state is waiting to appeal it until after the elections? Uh, well, the I spoke with Bobby at Cox recently, and she said, well, she's not seeing any indication that they've done anything to move forward on it. And so... Um, yeah, I mean, they could very well uh, be waiting. I mean, this is not going to be a popular topic for her as Governor Hoka or Attorney General Letitia James. So there is a very real possibility that they got to wait until uh, after the November elections. Now, if they are voted out of office, well, we don't have to worry about it. But uh, if they remain in office... Uh, well, uh, it's not going to be a pretty situation. I want to emphasize also this legislation, uh, they, the way it's worded is that uh, anyone is deemed a health threat. Uh, so you don't have to be sick. It's not like you're coughing, sneezing. And, you know, even before COVID, people did cough. I mean, I want to remind everybody, uh, coughing did occur prior no, to didn't. COVID. Fake news. Yeah. <laughs> Fake news. The world was, actually- was perfect before this. Right. People did actually sneeze. People had a fever. And uh, so everybody's making up their own rules. Somebody calls, oh, my God, it's COVID. Okay, define what COVID is. Well, they can't. Nobody knows. They don't know what COVID is. They just use the term for anything. Uh, And so generally, I did take the time to look up the symptoms for COVID according to the CDC's uh, website. And I wrote down those symptoms. And then I wrote down the, the symptoms for common cold common flu, and for pneumonia. All of the symptoms under COVID fall into one or more of those other categories. So we're not talking about something brand new. It's not like your hair turns purple. So um, the reason why people are so confused that, uh, you know, you sneeze, oh, you had COVID, or you had a head cold, uh, no, they're calling it COVID. So it's not that a person is sick and they're, oh, well, you're obviously very sick, so we got even that's crazy and extreme. It's like they can just make it up. And I, I see the real threat there is that as a political weapon. So you protest against the governor on, on whatever, or you speak out against some policy of the government. Well, you can be picked up and thrown into one of these facilities and you have no rights. You know, it's just trumped up charges like you see in some of these um, police state type of uh, countries. I mean, you have no rights. You're accused. Therefore, you're guilty. And uh, that's a great way to keep the opposition quiet because everybody be terrified of, of being picked up arbitrarily and then held indefinitely. So it, it's a very scary situation. And uh, unfortunately, there are forces of good out there and they are working against this uh, legislation and some of the other uh, really bad things that are going on around mandates and vaccines and forcing children to wear masks and all that other madness that has no basis in science whatsoever. Um. But it, it's also there. It's so odd to me. I'm all, I'm 32. I've only got so much life experience. But it's so odd to me that there's this. It's like that meme, how 
you know, the with the inception of the CIA in 1947 and through the 50s in South America, through the 60s and 60s and 70s in Asia, 80s in the Middle East, 90s and 90s in in uh, Eastern Europe, and then the 2000s and 20 teens in in the Middle East. How we've just known the the CIA has just been running roughshod for three quarters of a century, just doing uns unspeakable horrors. I mean, uh, and not to sound like a hippie, I, you know, part of me thinks the CIA is cool, but I mean, Abu Ghraib, Guantanamo Bay, stuff's been going on forever. And now we just assume that they're telling the truth about X, Y, and Z. They've just been doing it for 75 years, just truly a, an extension of the devil's army. And I have, I just before this, I had on a former CIA analyst. I'm not entirely against him, but it's the same thing as like the same conglomeration of media that that said nine out of ten doctors prefer lucky strikes that said we have to go to we have to go to vietnam we got to send our young boys to go die in the jungles of asia the same ones that said there, there are weapons of mass destruction in iraq there are mobile factories and we got to go in there we got to pound them to pieces and they've all been untrue but now starting two years ago they just became altar boys just hand over their heart. They're telling the truth. And so when I, I look at all of that, I, my concern is, is what in what universe does anyone think that these aren't the same group of demons, the same, the same parasitic class that is going to use anything and everything to increase and to consolidate and to perpetuate and solidify their power? When you look at 2001, 9-11, horrible, sure. You do have to make some drastic things. I get it. It's a time of war, and I have the luxury of not having to be in the Department of Defense and defend a nation. But we're still living under the Patriot Act. It's been this Sunday. It will be 21 years. We're still living under those special, uh, those special extensions and suspensions of law, of, fu of fusion centers, of Department of Homeland Security-run fusion centers in every state. Fusion centers started under, um, what was it called? I can't remember the name of it. In in Vietnam, Operation Drama Drawn a Blank begins with a V. I've had on the, the author of the book. But the CIA state sponsored terrorist programs we ran and internment camps throughout all the regions of Vietnam. That same project morphed into fusion centers, which are present in the United States today. We live we are still living under the shadow, cast by emergencies that are decades old. And we all universally are against them. Domestic surveillance, uh, no-fly lists, um, the tracking of people, the, uh, uh, the, the backing and monitoring of free speech, and uh, the disavowing of encrypted communications. Yet we're looking at all of those. It's like when you get really hungover, you get really drunk in college and puke your brains out, and the next day you wake up and you go never again, and then five days later you go get a, a six-pack of beer thinking something different's going to happen. We're looking at all of those, and then we're just walking with arms open into another step towards an irreversible, tyrannical state. And I just, I don't understand that. I, maybe I'm the idiot. I don't know. Not really a question in there. That was kind of a rant. Apologize. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's definitely a scary situation. And uh, the direction things are heading are 
scary. And we look at history. Yeah, these types of trends are very bad. And um, uh, my goal and the goal of lots of others who are aware of this uh, is just to wake people up. Draw your own conclusions, do your own research, but everybody needs to be aware. And uh, they also need to be aware of, my understanding is that if you may have registered as a Democrat or, or a Republican, you can vote for whatever party you want. Mm-hmm. So if people are aware of this information and they figure, well, I don't want a certain person to remain in office or to stay or be in office, uh, you know, you're not restricted, is my understanding. Double check that for yourself, but you can be a registered Democrat and still vote Republican or whatever. Uh, and so, and the public needs to start showing um, their feelings about what's been happening over the past uh, few years. Uh, and one way of doing that is exercising your vote. Um, I know there were problems with the presidential election. I also know that efforts have been underway to fix some of those abuses that took place in that election. But at the very minimum, everybody needs to vote. Make sure you register, vote, and let your feelings be known through your vote. So um, that's what I encourage. And uh, there's lots of ways to become more involved if you want. I mean, um, Bobby has, has her website at New York uh, Children's Health Defense uh, has their website. We can go get more information and learn about events and things that are taking place along these lines. So people need to wake up, do their research, get involved, and uh, show their feelings uh, through their votes and through their activism. We have to wake people up because most people, despite our efforts, I mean, we've been reaching large numbers of people in New York and across the country, um, and we need to expand upon that. I mean, most New Yorkers still know nothing. You say quarantine camp, what? Yeah. They don't know. We got to get the word out. People, yeah. if you just talk to your friends and family and neighbors, share some of the flyers that are on the websites. Um, yeah, that that goes a long ways. I have, I have family in New York, mm-hmm. who, in, intelligent, aware people, more so mm-hmm. than me, way above average. And I remember after I did that episode with Bobby Ann Cox, sent it to him, and they're like, "The hell are you talking about?" And I was like, "Yeah, yeah, it it it, it is." It's that's another thing that should send chills up your spine. The fact that it's so quiet, right? If you, if you had, if you were just proposing a bill, perhaps controversial, but you left it up to states' rights, like I'll make something up of we're going to stop drilling for oil here, but we're going to open up geothermal plants and start using biofuel. All right. Maybe it's a little hippy dippy. But the state runs, votes for it. They're their own state. They can do whatever they want. If you don't like it, leave. All right, you know, go for it. Whatever. Not my cup of tea. But when it's, when it's so stealthy, when it exists in the shadows, and they're waiting till after an election to bring it up again, dude, that has to, that has to put the hair on the back of your neck up. Like, what is that? Who's that for? What mechanism of control is that? Um. But, You're absolutely right. I, yeah. I'll just, just make this comment. Uh, we've had demonstrations um, in different places, like in Harlem, for example, and we were giving out flyers and talking to people. Everybody was shocked. Yeah. I mean, the people passing by, they knew nothing about it. And the question came up, well, why don't we know about it? How come this has not been, uh, like in, in terms of uh, African-American community, why hasn't this been in the Amsterdam News? Why is this not front page news in New York Times and the Daily News and uh, the, the Sister Collective News? I mean, there should be outrage 
Do you know that the, the governor wants to throw people in concentration camp with no proof, no nothing, no court trial, no time limits? If that's not front page newsworthy, what is? And people were very upset that they weren't getting this information. And they're very eager to take the flyer. They're reading it and promising to share it with their friends, getting extra flyers. So the public is not aware. And when they do become aware, they become very angry very quickly. Yeah, as well as you should. It's, But it's one of those things where <clears throat> there, and perhaps you could call this the brilliance of the, and by brilliance, I don't condone it. I mean, the Taliban is brilliant in their own respect. The Nazis were brilliant in their own respects. Doesn't mean they're not pure evil. Mm -hmm. But it's perhaps the brilliance of the uniparty, the deep state, the whatever you want to call it, the entrenched power structures, the banking, military, pharma. And yeah, 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 got it. Perhaps it is the brilliance in having a such a highly polarized and constantly fueling that polarizing dichotomy of of the populace at large, of left versus right. Right. It allows you to to completely hate and otherize people on the quote other side and then turn a blind eye to actions that your quote unquote side is taking that you might not like in in a vacuum. And in that way, it is the left and the right are kind of just it's this like in my mind it's always it's this big it's this big gear that moves slowly and the teeth only go in every four years but it's been moving slowly for you know a hundred years and you can get this thing where you have you have traditional conservatives who hate everything obama did but obama also made it so that when the bodies of slain servicemen and women all come back through dover air force base every single one of them the flag draped coffins it wasn't until Obama that the government started picking up the tab for families to fly out there and get a hotel to come receive the remains of their children. That's an objectively good thing. I'm not a liberal guy. That's a good thing. Give credit where credit's due. It wasn't until Donald Trump that he made uh, animal abuse a national felony or a, a federal crime a felony. That doesn't get any light from the left. So we have this both sides have this thing where we're not willing to look at the positive that someone else does, but also not willing to look at the negatives that we do. Trump got rid of uh, bump stocks, right? He, he, he let red flag laws go forward. That is the antithesis of everyone on the Second Amendment, right? Biden's pushing for the, the disinformation governance board. That goes against all traditional radical free speech from the left. So not only does it allow us to not see the good in others, it allows us to push back down any reservations about the negatives that our side is doing. And when you have that, so you you have this thing arising, concentration camps for your health. But we're maybe not willing to look at it because I like Biden. Or you're maybe not willing to look at the damages the vaccines did because I voted for Trump. And that is the so really what I'm getting at with this whole kind of meandering rant is whatever's passing, understand that it can and will be done to you. 
if you're laughing at, oh, you know, the, I know I did during the 2020 riots in, in Portland, right? All those like blacked out vans were showing up and military guys were grabbing riders and throwing them in vans. You know, part of me is like, ah, you stupid hippies, that's what you get for burning down a courthouse. No, that's not good. That is me condoning state power that will be used against me one day and vice versa. So if you look at the president saying half the country are radicals, that's not good. If you voted for Biden, pretend it's Trump up there saying this. All right. And if if you voted for if you voted for and if it's something Trump did, pretend it's Biden saying that and then reassess it. How good do you feel about that? Because whatever is passed by one president, we're still under the Patriot Act, which was passed under George W. Bush's first term. So. It doesn't matter if you voted for Bush or not. It's been two decades and we're still under that. So understand everything that is being put forward. Maybe it's being put forward by your guy. It will be used against you. And once you start to look at it through that light, are you okay with with a, a President DeSantis using these concentration camps? Are you okay with a a a a, a President Pelosi? using the the pulling away bump stocks and using red flag laws shift your shift your imaging shift the frame from which you look through these things and man i think that's what i guess that's really the only way i see any of us getting out of this or effectively fighting this is pretend it's in the hands of your worst enemy aside from that i don't know man i mean you'd think just saying it's a concentration camp would get people riled up enough but i don't know well, it's not easy waking people up on different things. Uh, I mean, people will uh, have positive associations with certain leaders, and it's hard to get them to see the full picture. Take Obama. You mentioned how he uh, played for flights for families to see the remains. But uh, another part of Obama was he was bombing, dropping thousands of tons of yeah. bombs on women and children in little villages and countries we had not declared war on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, yeah. it was multiple, like six, seven of them, different countries. Yeah, seven countries. You know, these little goat farmers and stuff, yeah. uh, you know, he put the label, all their terrorists are there. Maybe if we believe there's a terrorist in that village. So, of course, we have to bomb, firebomb the whole village. Uh, I mean, yeah. So the media doesn't play it up. Anybody can look it up. I mean, this yeah. guy was killing people in multiple countries. He'd make a serial killer blush i mean you know serial killers in here they're amateurs compared to what obama was doing obama and people around the world he was killing dropping bombs out of the sky on on little peasant farmers in different parts of, of the world and you know that's part of his legacy too i mean and a lot of times people um want to criticize trump and praise obama especially the black community okay fine first black president but it's also true that Obama cut the budget for the uh, black colleges and Trump gave them something like $2 billion. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about that. Yeah. $2 billion under, under Trump, uh, the uh, unemployment rate for, for African-Americans dropped to uh, an all-time low. Uh, the prison population after America dropped to all-time low. Uh, I mean, so they don't want to, I'm not advocating one person or another. I'm just, since you raised this particular issue, a little deviation from what we're talking about, but sure. I say, yeah, we, we do have to have a balanced perspective and you can't just get emotionally tied. I mean, I saw uh, Kathy Hochul uh, dancing 
uh, outside with a little African-American girl. And uh, she was all smiles and was cute and everything else. But, I mean, okay, that's nice, but that's nothing to do with the broader issues. You want to throw people arbitrarily in camp and have absolute power over their lives. Okay, it's nice you can dance a little bit with a little girl, but that doesn't take away these other realities. So whatever positive associations we have with particular politicians or doctors and scientists, we, we got to aggressively look for the pros and cons at all sides. And, um, you know, she supports uh, the, the vaccine. Uh, she's supporting, constantly declaring uh, emergencies where there's no emergency. Uh, and she wants these quarantine camps. She's not come out yet and said, well, we changed your mind. We're not going to uh, appeal. We're, we're not going to file an appeal against the, the quarantine camps. So everybody should be asking, right, to call Kathy Hulko and Latisha James. Say, why do you want these quarantine camps? Why do you want the New Yorkers into quarantine camps? And on top of that, there's already been a law on the books, I think like 60, 70 years, where they already have provisions for removing a person from society if they're deemed to be a health threat. So somebody has some kind of health condition that's potentially communicable. But if they're behaving in a responsible way and not doing things that puts others at risk, you know, there's leeway that they have due process and they have to be proven to actually be sick. Under the, this uh, regulation, illegal, unconstitutional regulation, because no proof is required, no evidence, no nothing. So they, they want the ability to arbitrarily pick anyone up off the streets or in their homes and throw them into these quarantine camps. That, to me, says it's a power play. It's not about health, and it's not limited to COVID. The way the wording is, it applies to anything they want. There's no need for there to be a declared emergency. So you can be sitting in your home after having dinner and watching TV with your kids, and there's a knock on the door. Uh, your whole family got to be kind of go to a quarantine camp because we said so. I mean, uh. no evidence. No, you you can't call your your lawyer. You can, no, you don't have a right to a trial. Or, no, because we said so. You got to go, and then all you got to do if you uh, want to get a picture of what this looks like, look up uh, uh, the quarantine camps in China. In fact. Better not just go to my uh, Substack, uh, curtiscost.substack.com. I have video clips and articles and things, and a great interview with, which I did with Bobby Ann Cox and uh, um, Shabnan Muhammad, uh, uh, both are lawyers. And one is in Africa, Bobby here in New York. Great interview, and it went to great details about these quarantine camps and the potential dangers and what's happening in other countries. And so, Curtis Cost, my first and last name. Substack.com. And if anybody's interested in reading my book, I would encourage them to go to my website. Um, it's my book here, Vaccines Are Dangerous. Don't go to Amazon because it's censoring me there and allowing people to sell collector copies for two, three hundred dollars or more. Uh, my website is www.vaccinesaredangerous.blog, B L O G spot.com. www.vaccinesaredangerous.blog blogspot.com. I have lots of great, carefully selected videos on this topic and various aspects of vaccines. And of course, if you want to order a copy of my book, you can do so. People love it. Uh, and I autograph and date all copies ordered from my website, my, my vaccine book. Hell yeah. I'll put the, uh, I'll, I'll put the links to those in the description uh, for your Substack and in your book and your website. It's, but I think that's the perhaps well, because all right, we can't, we can't keep our head in the sand and, and pretend like there there aren't existing health laws. I mean, of 
reading a book right now about Operation Paperclip when we brought back all over those Nazis from uh, after World War II to work on the rocket program. Even they had to even they had to provide blood work to make sure they didn't have diseases X, Y, and Z. So sure, you do have though. I mean, right early Ellis Island, that was one of them. I remember learning that in middle school, right? They run all the tests mm-hmm. there. I've had on immigration doctors who specifically work towards creating these like these 60 second checkups you do for people at the border. So I mean it is a thing, but there's also a difference of being able to prove you are not sick, right? You are you prove through blood work, hey, I'm good versus pounding at the door. And is it because we think you're sick or is it because you went on Tommy's podcast and uh, criticized Obama? That might be it. Or critic- whatever. Criticize Trump, but, whatever whatever your cup of tea. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're right. That's, that's where it's going. I, I mean, there is something called due process. There has to be due process. You know, we've gone uh, fine all these years with nothing like this, this extreme ever. Yeah. And we've been doing fine. Yeah. Uh, until this past two or two or three years now, like every other month, there's a new uh, disease coming out, Omicron, Delta, and everything else. I mean, it's just, I'm a researcher. I've been researching this for 30 years. It's all BS. I mean, it's unbelievable. No, it's all horseshit. It's all horseshit. Yeah. I mean, you look at the statistics, the survival rate of somebody, assuming that there is a COVID virus, is something like 99.5% uh, or higher. I mean... Uh, it's 99.97. Yeah, you're right. But if you get... Uh, the 69 age rate, I think it's 99.5. That's the last okay, statistics okay. I heard. So it varies by age, but still, you're talking about over 99% recovery rate. Uh, and then what are the symptoms? Uh, coughing, sneezing, uh, fever. I mean, come on, there's a thousand things that cause you to cough or sneeze. I mean, they're really playing us for fools. How stupid do they think we are? They got us in a panic, running, taking experimental drugs because they're afraid of coughing or sneezing. Oh, come on. Yeah. I mean, I've been tracking this stuff for, for decades and people were doing the same type of reaches as me. We sit back and we look and we say, come on, the, the public is not that stupid. Come on, they're not going to fall for this again. They, they pulled the same scam with uh, the Spanish flu where like, I just finished uh, doing research on it, giving a presentation. Spanish flu had nothing to do with a virus. They, they did an uh, experiment where they took soldiers, volunteers, and tried everything to get them sick with people who had supposedly Spanish flu. They uh, transferred uh, a mucus sample from the sick person to the healthy person. Soldiers didn't get sick. Transferred saliva samples, mouth to mouth, nothing. Blood samples, nothing. They even transferred bodily fluids from individuals uh, who died, corpses, died uh, from Spanish flu and injected into uh, or exposed it to the uh, volunteers, they didn't get sick. They even had, uh, I don't know how they convinced these volunteers to go for all this stuff. They even had these sick patients cough uh, into the faces of these soldiers, and the soldiers were instructed to breathe in as they were coughing them, and they still didn't get sick. And the, the doctors had to conclude, well, we thought we knew what caused uh, Spanish flu, but we have to realize, admit that we don't know. And this is all documented. And my report, which will be coming out soon, I have the references right there. I mean, so it wasn't a contagious disease. We talk about the Spanish flu of 1918. What it was, it was vaccine. They were giving people all kinds of experimental vaccines at high dosages in some cases. And that's what people were getting sick from. In fact, the only ones who were getting sick and died were the vaccinated. And how do we know? Because we have testimonials from people who lived through it, such as Dr. Eleanor McBean, author of the book, The Poison Needle when she pointed out her, both of her parents were doctors and they did not take the vaccine and they did not uh, allow the children to take the vaccines. 
And um, they were all fine. And her parents, being doctors, they were regularly going to people's homes who were sick with Spanish flu, and they never got sick. Nobody got sick or didn't get the vaccine. Hmm. But the mythology, if you look at most of what the doctors are saying today, most of the news media about the Spanish flu 1918, they put the blame on the virus. Even though it was proven back then, there was no virus, there was nothing contagious. They were given, the soldiers were given experimental vaccines, and then they scared the public like they're doing now to running out and getting those vaccines. All the soldiers are coming back for one, they have all kinds of diseases. You should go and get all the vaccines that we have. And people did it, and then they started dying. And so we have the same type of scenario right now where people are so gullible. I'm sorry to say it like that, but they're gullible, gullible, stupid. Why are you going to take the, uh, an experimental vaccine you know nothing about? I mean, what is it about the word experimental that's confusing to you? Uh, there are insurance companies right now in Europe, and I understand some in, in America, that are uh, not refusing to pay the insurance for the deaths. Because they say, wait a minute. Uh, you you were warned in advance that this was an experimental drug. Uh, and we knew some of the side effects. And you went ahead and took this experimental drug anyway. That means you're suicidal. And your insurance policy doesn't cover suicide. <laughs> I, I, mean, I wish I could show you one of the charts I have uh, uh, for my presentation. Um, I, uh, I looked at all the deaths from 1990 all the way up to 2021. And I did a comparison of those who received all the other vaccines and the number of deaths from 1990-2021. And I compared that with the deaths associated with Thuvers, V-A-E-R-S, Vaccines mm. Adverse Effects Reporting System, in 2021. I'll try to visually my hand give a description. The numbers, imagine this is the, the chart here. Uh, this is 1990. The numbers for the death of all the other vaccines is like this. You know, oh, yeah. uh, but then when you get to look at, but then when you get to 2021, yes, you must have seen the chart already. Oh yeah, all no, the way I, up there. I used to have it. Uh, I used to have a shortcut to it on my home screen. Oh, right, yeah, I just so check it every you, week. You don't have to be a mathematician. You don't have to have a master's degree to look at that graph and know something is wrong. So, um, uh, people are going to wake up one way or the other. They're going to wake up by listening to people like me and, and going to the website, listening to Del Big Tree on the High Wire, uh, Bonnie, or going to Children's Self Defense website. They're going to either take the time and shut up and just listen to the information that's out there and then make an informed decision, or they're going to learn the hard way. I mean, when your kid dies, or, it's, or you're having seizures all day, or you have horrible rashes all over your body, or all of a sudden you or a family member is having heart attacks and everything else, well, you're going to learn the hard way. So you can learn the easy way and do some re serious objective research from people that are not allow themselves to be sensitive, putting hardcore information out there. Or, you, you know, you're going to keep your head tucked in the ground and trust Grandfather Fauci and take these experimental drugs uh, and, you know, you, your fate is in your own hands. Um, I don't know what else to say. I mean, and I would say the first thing you need to do, uh, anybody who's in doubt, is look up the word experimental. Because, I don't know, people seem to be confused, but experimental means lab rats. They give them stuff they don't know what's going to happen to them. Yeah. And that means they can yeah. get sick. They can be crippled. Yeah. They can die. And, and on top of that, if anybody's confused, you can't sue the drug companies. The drug companies make sure you can't sue them for uh, vaccines. You can sue for anything else. You can sue automatic manufacturers. You can sue them for the aspirins. But you can't sue them for the vaccine. 
Uh, in fact, they already, already had laws in play, a law in place, the 1986 Childhood Vaccine Injury Act, which made the, uh, the pharmaceutical companies immune uh, under most conditions uh, from being sued. But they went ahead when it came to, to COVID and uh, put uh, together the PrEP Act, which gave them even more protections. So why would they need all these protections if they say 95% effective and you know, the, the messages you hear all the time, safe, effective, and free, and all the commercials and stuff? I mean, they should be, I, I'm not a lawyer, but maybe someone should consider a lawsuit for them saying that, how can you say safe and effective when the records from the, the FDA that submit, was submitted to by Pfizer lists over 1,300, I mean, close to 1,300 adverse reactions? How does the word safe fit in when you have 13, close to 13 adverse reactions? And you got athletes dying all over the world. I think the last time I heard, heard a count was like 800. Now, they can't cover those up because these live TV, these, these healthy athletes all of a sudden collapsing oh, on the man. field and dying. Or the basketball court, the football. I mean, now, if this is what with this captured uh, on, on TV, unintentionally, they didn't want that to happen. Imagine how many people are dying around the country, around the world that we don't know anything about, because yeah. it's not on the six o'clock news. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, it's bad. I mean, so um, people do so. Look up the word experimental, in case you're confused. Look up the 1986 Childhood Vaccine Injury Act and the PrEP Act, and then you'll realize you're on your own. So if you're paralyzed, tough luck. You're not going to get any money out of the drug companies. Or if you're crippled, companies. you have horrible, these horrible uh, rashes people are getting. Women are becoming sterile. They're losing their babies in droves. Um, who, who vaccinated. Why would a pregnant woman submit to being vaccinated with experimental vaccine? I don't know. I mean, it's evil enough to, to even think about giving these type of things to uh, to um, pregnant women. I mean, you don't do well, pregnant women are supposed to be very careful with it. No, yeah. let's give them experimental drugs and we don't know what's going to happen to them or their babies. I don't understand it, but men are becoming impotent after taking the, uh, the COVID shots. Um, yeah, it's bad stuff happening on a very large scale. So I encourage people to do your research, go to Children's Health Defense website, go to Millions Against Medical Man- uh, Mandates website, go to uh, Del Bigtree's website, um, uh, the, the High Wire. Um, so there's a lot of groups uh, out there putting out good information. So it's there at your fingertips, and most of it is very easy to read. They, they do a good job of not getting too bogged down in a lot of the technical jargon. And of course, my website, www.vaccinesadangerous.blogspot.com, and my Substack. You, you said you go to post the Curtis Cost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll pop the links in. Yeah, great. So, um, yeah, that's what I have to say on the subject. Hopefully, it'll wake a few people up. I think that's 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 kind of a, I think you said it brilliantly. Look at the number of deaths that are being shown on TV unintentionally. Not even unintentionally. They would prefer they didn't happen. <laughs> now extrapolate what is happening all over the world. You know? Yep. If, yeah. If someone... Yeah. If, if you see someone doing something because they think they're alone or they think they're getting away with it, and it's like, well, what are they doing when they are alone and they are getting away with it? If, if we see this number of deaths on national TV, oftentimes in sports where on the, around the stadium, you'll see Moderna. And Pfizer, you know, proud sponsors. Imagine what's happening off screen. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's evil. It's absolutely evil, but it's also unfortunately, 
it's a form of brutal natural selection in terms of critical thinking and and reading things on your own and trusting your gut and even if you're not an expert and you're not an md and you're not a biomolecular researcher you still have a functioning brain to say i don't have a degree in this stuff but whenever i talk about it online i get permanently banned i mean something deep inside your spine should be something deep in the base of your of your brain stem it's when you see the shark you see like the silhouette of a grizzly bear you don't need to know what it is run <laughs> run right it's just that yep. gut feeling it's the people that uh came downstairs after the plane hit the north tower people that were starting to evacuate the south tower before it was even hit and security guards are saying no go back up it's fine the fire department's coming there were some people that said get the fuck out of my way i'm getting out of this building this is a quarter mile high of steel and concrete the other one's on fire i'm getting off the island follow your gut and if you're wrong eh, hey egg on my face i was wrong or you could have been right so do that Go to Mr. Costa's uh, Substack. Check out his book. I'll put it in the description. And, uh, you know, or if you've ever watched this podcast and subscribed or or left a comment, you're probably going to be in the concentration camps with uh with me and Mr. Cost. So maybe we can all, maybe we can all share a bunk and uh, make. Or make, better yet, we'll stop this from happening. And uh, yeah. Uh, goddamn right we will yeah yeah, goddamn right we will yes indeed and if if worse comes to worse we end up in the gulag we'll make some uh what is it uh was it what do they call it toilet wine or toilet gin where they brew their own alcohol i don't want to think about that me neither (laughs) but in case it does happen we're gonna have a good time so i'm not worried either way go check it out just what is it which president would i think it was thomas jefferson maybe ben franklin but a well-educated and informed populace is the best resist or the best bulwark against tyranny is at the very least understand what's going on around you. You have to be able to acknowledge it, right? So what do they say? The first step is, is admitting you have a problem. The first step is diagnosing this. Something ain't good. It's not all good in the neighborhood. Work with that and we'll move forward. We will beat this, but we all got to do our part. And with that, Mr. Cost, if you could please text me the links to your website. Sure. And thank you. And uh, love to have you on again sometime, man. And thank you, right. Bobby and Cox, for putting us in touch. Thanks a lot. It's been a pleasure. And you have a nice day. You as well, sir. Thank you so much, Mr. Take Chris care. Cost. God bless everybody.